I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Uh, that's not kind of productions podcast. Dark Satellite Media. Cinema Salon. And for our first episode, our first guest into the salon is none other than Joey Violin the Third Scar, my collaborator, Dark Brother, and the artistic genius behind the art and the music that you see and hear in relation to the production that is cinema itself, but that is cinema with an S. Now, the idea behind Cinema Salon is that I bring guests in, sit them down, they suggest a film for us to talk about. We talk about it in free form, general terms. And then at the end, we demonstrate how it shows the seven deadly sins. And oh my goodness, Joey Violin, what a choice. This has sin out the yayo. The whole movie itself can be described as one big sin. Good sir, please introduce yourself. Tell them, tell the sinis a little about what you do, how to find you, etc., as much or as little as you like. And then tell us what film you have chosen and why you chose it. Take it away. As everybody knows by now. I go by Joy Violin, the third scar, and uh, my music is on any streaming platform out there, Spotify, YouTube music, you know, whatever. Um, so this movie, when I watched it as a teenager, it was probably one of the most jarring and disturbing fucking movies I've ever watched. And it just the realism in that shit because of all of the um you know the controversial stuff behind it it really fuck yeah uh, there's just too much to say about it it's fucked it's fucked <laughs> it's quite a film it's quite a handful it's quite a watch definitely it's a very worthy choice to open up the doors to the salon here for our first uh, episode so i do thank you for it i've always heard about it um, I knew it was infamous as fuck, but I didn't realize exactly what it was involved. And I do know now 
um, Sinise when I was first watching it. Um, and I got to a particular scene. I'll go to do detail in a bit about it. Um, I had to message my man and um, I'll throw it out there to begin with as well. Uh, there is animal killing on screen in this film. There are six animal deaths, in fact. Um, other movies around the time of the 70s and 80s, particularly the 70s, there have been animal killings on screen because cinema spectacle was of a higher priority than uh, morals, <laughs> one could say. Um, but a lot of the time, it was done quickly. Like, exa for example, there's an East Apocalypse now. There is the beheading of a cow, but it's quick. I mean, it's not cool, but it's quick. In this movie, the one that struck me the most, there are other fucked up things in this movie, certainly that we'll get into, but um, I'm sure I could speak for yourself there, good sir, Joey, that, uh, you know, we love our animals, humans love their animals. And uh, Absolutely. yeah, yeah. Um, and so this is the one that really sticks. This is the scene that sticks in people's mind and that is talked about a lot. Uh, it's the killing of the turtle man. That, that scene is where I messaged uh, Sinisa, messaged my man Joey there on Messenger and said, uh, yo, bro, are these killings real? 100%. And, yeah, and he confirmed and he confirmed. And, um, you know, and I, I kept watching. It is my duty here, you know, as host of Cinema Salon um, to talk about such films. Um, it's not going to be as heavy duty as this all the time. This is in my unholy trinity of the most disturbed movies ever made now. Uh, one is Salo. Uh, the other one is Serbian film. And this is number three, certainly. <laughs> Um, and the main reason is the killing of the turtle because it was so damn slow, bro. So drawn out. Oof. Yeah, I think um, they really, I think they went overkill with that. Like they slaughtered, they pretty much just slaughtered a fucking turtle and filmed it until it was not moving anymore. Yeah. And it I mean, took a while for it to stop fucking moving. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and it's like, as you said, slow, the shells torn off, it's disemboweled, you can see its little legs moving. I'm saying this, Sinise, if you haven't seen it, and you're curious, this is what <laughs> is in store. Okay, this is what's in store. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, and we, we were discussing it before uh, about the music as well. Yeah, what did you think of the music of this scene there, Joey? Uh, it was, I'm trying to find the right words for it. Of course, eerie, um, disturbing to the ear. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it was, it was off putting to me. And that's coming from me. Yeah, <laughs> you are master of the off-putting sounds as well. Um, do check him out there, Sinise. I'm a big fan of uh, Joe Violin at the Third Scar. Uh, that's why I got him, you know, to, to do the music there. And it's an honor to have you do the music and artwork there, sir. But I am a big no fan problem, of man. your music. Absolutely respect to you. Um, yeah, the music in this is also, it's eerie, uh, but it also has a serene quality to it as well. It's the use of juxtaposition as well. Two artistic elements 
placed together at weird angles to create something unexpected, yeah? It's a technique that has been passed down from the surrealist art, from Bertolt Brecht through to film to this, through film to this day, and is certainly, certainly used effectively um, in this film here. Cannibal Holocaust by Ruggiero Diodato, music by uh, Riz Ortolani. Now, uh, Diodato chose Ortolani to do the score because of his use, uh, because of his uh, work in Mondo Kane movies as well. If you don't, we'll talk about it a little bit more uh, uh, a little later as we go. Mondo Kane is the original Faces of Death This in the 60s. This is what started that whole shockumentary side of cinema, yeah? This plays on that. It uses it as an effective tool to create effect to create what I believe and what many others agree upon to be the first found footage film, Cannibal Holocaust, the father of found footage. What do you think about that there, Joey, just quickly? About it being the first? Yeah. Well, the, of course. I mean, what was it? 1976 was it filmed? This is 1980. 1980, still. I'd say so. Yeah. Yeah, there's shockumentary that used staging of graphic scenes for effect, but it was heavily based on reality, though. I'll discuss later as we go. This is um, use. Uh, this is this is used the idea of finding footage, and the whole suggestion being: is this footage real or not? This is the one that nailed that concept to begin with, definitely well before the Blair Witch Project. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so as we've said, Cannibal Holocaust is the first film that we are discussing here in Cinema Salon with myself, Jean von Banyard, the Cinema Baron, and Joey Violin, the third scar. Okay. Now, production notes, just, just get the basic facts out of the way. Then we'll just discuss it um, in detail. Uh, then we'll get into it there, Joey. But let's first uh, do the housework. Now, it's directed by Ruggiero uh, Diodato. It is written by uh, Gianfranco Calerici. I'm sorry about the uh, names. It is what it is. Uh, now, it stars Robert Kerman. <laughs> uh, Robert Kerman there. Um, we did discuss it before. There was a little mishap. I'll own up to it. It's been a while. Uh, we had to start again. That was my bad. But Robert Kerman, we uh, discussed there before. Do you want to tell them uh, who Robert Kerman is there, Joey? No, man, you go for it. Okay, You're more okay. well-versed <laughs> in this than I am. That's all good. That's all good. It, um, it's it's just funny. It's just funny. Uh, he is a celebrated porn star of the 1970s. <laughs> And, um, uh. <laughs> known for now he's the um he's the anthropologist inverted commas hero of the film yeah um and he is well known for being the leading man and none other than debbie does dallas yeah <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, if you don't know Sinise, look it up. Everyone else who does know, yeah, <laughs> it's him. <laughs> and then he went on from there, from um, Debbie Does Dallas and other such films, other such you know, classy productions, to do Cannibal Holocaust. And then he did Cannibal Faroe and other cannibal films, which are basically let's kill a whole lot of animals on screen and represent poorly indigenous people <laughs> cannibal films so, yeah. this I is think the- his mindset was you know was like i don't want to do porn anymore i want to go kill some animals i don't know bro i don't know um we'll get into the attitudes and reactions of the cast and crew as we go but um to go from yeah yeah, I mean, what a transition, basically. What a transition. That's all I'll say for now. Um, but that's the that's the that's the hero of the film, Robert Kerman. Um, now, there's the film crew, um, the documentary film crew. They are played by Carl Gabriel York. He plays Adam. Francesca Chiari plays uh, Claire. Sorry, Faye. Uh, Luca Barbareschi plays Mark, and Perry plays Jack. Uh, those are the four, four film crew. Um, uh, York Adam is the director, Francesca is the script girl, uh, and Luca and Perry, Mark and Jack, they are the cameramen and they use 16 millimeter cameras hand cranked. That's in the second part of the film. I'll get into that in a second. Uh, release date, 7th of February, 1980. It is an Italian-American production, Ruggiero Diodato being very Italian, uh, um, uh, but English is the predominant language. Budget of $100,000. It made $200 million worldwide there, Joey. Um, and it's history uh, globally, yeah? Which ain't bad. Sorry? $200 million. Are you fucking kidding me? Mm-hmm. It's not bad for this uh, for the such a film for the type of film that it is for its oh, no, um, that's, that's a nice chunk of change for a what was the budget on this again? Hundred thousand? One hundred thousand? Yeah, yeah. Fuck. For uh, for such an infamous film, indeed. Um, we'll get into that. We'll get into all of it as we go. Okay. Um, now. Plot-wise, without going into too much detail, American film crew disappears into the Amazon rainforest. Those are the four people that I uh, said before, Adam, Faye, uh, Mark, and Jack. Um, They're going into basically film two cannibal tribes, the last two cannibal tribes in history, uh, the Yanamomo and the Shamatari, the respectively called the swamp tribe and the tree uh people very <laughs> nice you know uh names for representation there but that's what this film's kind of about as well is uh, how uh, these people are seen how indigenous tribes are represented in the media by western culture that's a big part of it um now they go into uh they go into the jungle but they're not but they don't come back and it's been two years later so People think, people realize, yeah, we should go probably check uh, out what happened to them. Now, the people who go uh, check out what happened to them is led by a, uh, is a crew led by Harold Monroe, an anthropologist at New York University who agrees to lead the rescue mission in hope of finding the missing filmmakers. Uh, He goes in 
uh, they set up a couple of guides for him. That is Chaco and Miguel. Several days of trekking. They go in, they find a Yakumo. Yakumo is another uh, cannibal tribe. Um, uh, actually, I'm not sure if they were actually, uh, they, 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 if they were, uh, I'm, I'm not sure. No, they weren't actually cannibals, the first tribe, were they? It was the other two, the tree people and the swamp people, the Yanamomo and the Shematari. These were, they were fierce warriors, but they were afraid of the two other tribes. That's why um, they could be seen as, uh, what's the word? Um, not, um, they could be, they, they were the ones who could be approached by the white explorers, yeah, the filmmakers as a way of going into the jungle and trying to find the filmmakers. Uh, the other, and they were afraid of the other two tribes, yeah. Um, they were initially greeted with hostility, though, because, you know, uh, you know, it's white filmmakers, uh, coming into their natural environment, their way of life. Um, but Monroe is also cottoning on to a few things as well, and also some suggestions by his guy, Chaco, as well, that things aren't sweet, that something happened here before that made them so untrustworthy because the guides go in all the time. Uh, but um, something has happened uh, regarding the documentary filmmakers that is to be revealed. Okay, now they encounter a group of uh, the Shematari warriors and follow them to a riverbank where Monroe's team saves a smaller group of Yanomomo from death. The Yanomomo invite the, invite the team back to their village in gratitude, but they're still suspicious of the fo foreigners. Uh, but, 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 uh, actually, skip past all that. Okay, um, yeah, so they come to the first tribe who are fairly peaceful and, you know, so to speak. Um, and they take, and but, uh, but they're still suspicious. The anthropologist decides to ingratiate himself with this tribe, the Yakumo, uh, by bathing in the river naked, you know, stripping himself of all the trappings of the Western modern world. Uh, and then six, uh, uh, you know, Kumo uh, women come in and frolic with him in the water. Quite a funny scene. Uh, seemingly all was at peace, yeah. Um, and uh, until they run from the riverbank and then uh, Monroe, the anthropologist, is uh, struck with the visage, the image of a totem pole of human remains. This is the first real sign that uh, maybe the documentary filmmakers, uh, Adam and his crew, didn't uh, fare so well in the jungle there, Joey, yeah? Yeah, man. <laughs> they, uh, <laughs> they stirred the shit pot. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And they stirred it indeed. Now, things are tense at this stage. Things are definitely tense at this stage. But um, the anthropologist, being quite a clever man, clever thinker, um, and being educated, an anthropologist, he uh, pulls out a, uh, a recording uh, that has uh, uh, indigenous music. 
plays it to the tree people, the Shamatari, and the, and they are enraptured by it that he's able to capture the human voice uh, and be able to play it um, of his own accord whenever he uh, wanted to. This um, this amazes them. The chief is particularly impressed. The chief of the Shem, the Shen, uh, sorry, Shamatari. Um, now it's important to note at this stage. Uh, with uh, Monroe and the, uh, his expedition crew, they have seen certain signs of the remnants before the totem pole of human remains of uh, the documentary film crew of Adam and his crew. Uh, and certain signs have come up like one of the uh, Yadakomo were wearing a film reel around the neck as a medallion, as a trophy, um, if you will, a kind of film reel. Uh, but the guide, Shako, he's, he tells them to uh, do nothing because they've got to tread carefully in the early stages of the expedition. Um, of course, when they see the totem pole of uh, buried, sorry, totem pole of human remains, they know something really bad has happened to cause that kind of retribution. Um, and when he sees uh, the Shanamatari, Shamatari, Shamatari, the tree people's uh, tr um, village, their uh, their um, uh, their camp, their encampment. Uh, there's film reel canisters hanging from the hanging from the trees and whatnot all around. He wants uh, this footage because he wants to know exactly what happened to the documentary film crew. Uh, so, it, so when he plays uh, the recording, the music that impresses the chief. Uh, there is a, an exchange occurs for the recording of the music uh, for the film footage because uh, the chief is impressed that he is able to record the human voice. And the chief was impressed that the cameras were able to, uh, and he took, and they took the, and Munro knows, the anthropologist knows that they took the film footage, the canisters, uh, because it is a way of taking the power off the documentary film crew. It's that whole adage of when you take a photo, you steal a soul, hel uh, belief held uh, reportedly, allegedly, um, among many indigenous tribes. Yeah, they were afraid of cameras, for be a photo or video. Uh, yeah, so an exchange is made for the music recording and the film footage he's able to take it therefore after after he has to eat a whole bunch of human meat and innards and yeah that he has to chow down on that uh he has to do his job there is an anthropologist he is given the footage and he goes home to new york um Question, Joey, um, at this point, certainly when they pull out the guts of, uh, you know, when Shako says, ah, you've done it now, doctor, you've been invited to dinner. What did you think of the effects at that point? Because that's the first kind of real gore that we see, yeah? I wasn't really as... It wasn't as disturbing as the actual film crew scenes. You know, when you open up the movie, you can, you know that it's a movie, you know? So it's kind of like you're expecting okay. it to be like some beef or some shit. Whereas when you get to the other, the film yeah. crew shit, it, it's yeah. so much different. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's a good point. Um, 
because uh, we touched it, we touched it on it uh, before, you know, because we had to start recording again. I forgot to press record. I haven't done this for a <laughs> while, so I do, um, you know, thank you for your patience there, good sir. Um, we did touch on how, you know, at the beginning of this <laughs> take, um, that this is a found footage film. The first half of this film is uh, is basically a feature film. You know, it's filmed and edited uh, and performed in a fairly traditional way. You'd agree there, Joey? 100%. Yeah. Now, the second part is found footage. This is based on the footage that is found at the Shabatari uh, tribe's village encampment that was walled around the neck and hanging from trees as tofi, trophies. This is what happened to the original initial documentary film crew. Um, second half is where we get into the, uh, the found footage side of things, but uh, we shall get there very soon. Uh, okay, so... He takes them back. Uh, okay, so he takes the footage back to New York. Now, back in New York, a Pan American Broadcasting System, the television company that wants to make a documentary about what happened to this film crew, um, they want to. They want. Um, they want the footage. Uh, they want to film it. Munro hasn't seen it yet, but once he does see it, he is going, absolutely not. This cannot be shown. Uh, why? Because basically uh, the film crew were monsters <laughs> and they were assholes. Um, this is first the first inkling you get that they were assholes as a viewer, though, there, Joey, is when uh, they show Monroe, the anthropologist, a documentary the film crew had previously made for them called The Last Road to Hell. Um, yeah, you remember the footage of this? What did you think? That's the, um, when they got those guys tied up to the poles, eh, and they're, uh, yeah. Yeah, staging um, those fucking. Uh, what did they say? They paid the um, military guys to stage some shit. Yeah, that's it, man. That's it. Um, they are uh, military executions in Africa. There we go. Uh, yeah, um, uh, military soldiers. So I think there's other soldiers and civilians that are basically being shot. The Black Hood up against the pole. Uh, firing squad style, uh, that they were actually staged, though. Um, they don't tell Munro at first for effect until he's seen the footage. Uh, pretty powerful stuff, hey. But guess what? This was all staged. Uh, we paid the military and a whole bunch of actors as well to, um, you know, to stage uh, this for sensationalism's sake because uh, the female broadcaster, one of the executives, if you remember, um, she said that the public, I'm paraphrasing, they generally, if you, uh, the sensationalism is what the public wants. If you rape their senses, they are satisfied. That's paraphrasing, but she does use the wording, if you rape the public senses, you give them what you want rape their senses was you know and um it's a fucking disturbing line it's a disturbing line it's a disturbing line now this is where you start to touch on whether or not Diodato is a maverick or a monster because he is a fan of uh he was a fan of mondo kane movies now 
uh, forget the director's name, who is famous for the Mondo Kane films. Mondo Kane, this is the this is where Faces of Death, shocking, uh, all the shockumentaries, all the shocking dot 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 films come from. Uh, the first one was in 1960s. I did see the first one. I'm sure it gets harsher from there. I watched it just for context. I didn't go too deep into it. I'm not a particularly fan uh, of those type of films. I do like art, even if it is sick art, uh, it still has to be artful for me. But I watched it in context because Diodato, Diodato some say he was critical of these films, but I watched a document, I watched an interview this morning uh, with him and his son, and he pretty much praises these films. That's why he got Ortolano. Uh, to do the music because uh, he was uh, a famous, he's famous for a lot of the com compositions, the scores for the Mondo Keynes films, that's uh, Riz Ortolani. Um, and now, um, so in Last Road to Hell, uh, it, um, it is a kind. It's a hint towards the Mondo Kane style of documentary filmmaking, where horrific acts are set up for sensationalism's sake to be filmed, uh, for ratings, uh, for sales, however you want to put it. But it's based heavily on shocking acts that are committed throughout the globe whatever culture um everyone's guilty um and in this and, and in this case here in last the last road to hell the documentary within the film of cannibal holocaust uh that is the previous film by the documentary filmmakers uh that um that is an example of mondo uh, mondo filmmaking, yeah, which is roughly translated as world and also shocking and unexpected, yeah, the two combined together, English and Italian. Um, Diodato uh, was a fan of that style, and he also um, wanted to show that journalism was also responsible for the same type of thing. Um, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know much about it at all, but I do know he was very upset with journalism in general, especially the uh, footage of attacks by the Italian Red Brigade in Italy uh, on the general public. Uh, they were seen as terrorist acts. Um, they were rebels of some description. Um, but the footage by the news companies, the broadcasts of these attacks, uh, he felt that they were being very selective in the editing and even staging certain scenes and shots as we um, some in conspiracy terms today called false flags. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, to basically, again, sell ratings for the news company. Yeah. I'm in practice. So, say that again. It's common practice. It's common practice, man. Common practice. And it was happening back then in Italy. He wanted to demonstrate through this film, Cannibal Holocaust, as well, um, uh, how that uh, how that is used, how that is constructed, and the effect that it has. But I'll get into it soon. In regard to Diodato and how he uses it, there is glaring there's a it's hypocritical glaringly hypocritical in his approach and attitude in regard to cannibal holocaust it's complicated but i'll get there 
Um, okay. Um, and just to keep in mind bef uh, before we go on in terms of that hypocrisy, that movie, The Last Road to Hell, you know that footage? Yeah. Yep, that showed a terrible Holocaust. That's real. That's not staged. Are that's you serious? I'm so serious. That's an actual Mondo K. I'd say that's an actual Mondo film by the director. I'll get, um, I'll find it out soon. Uh, who? Uh, that's one of his films. Yeah, it's actually footage spliced into Cannibal Holocaust. Yeah. Fuck. So you were watching the real shootings, real executions. So you see, I didn't know that. Yeah, man. Yeah. The more you discover about this film, the heavier. <laughs> yeah, man, that's fucked up. Yeah, yeah, okay. All right, so you see what I mean? It's complicated. It's, it's yeah. Um, you can't just read this in one way because there's hypocritical things happening all the time. But one of the executives tells Monroe that Alan staged dramatic scenes to get more exciting footage. Okay, Monroe then begins to view the recovered footage. He sees all of it, the last days in the rainforest for this film crew. Okay. Um, all right, yeah, moving on here. Um, he sees the what the film crew got up to. He sees their progress into the jungle. Um, we talked about the turtle scene. There's other animal killings, but there's also another big problem with this film is the treatment of indigenous uh, people. Yeah. Um, what did you reckon from this film um, in terms of, uh, did you think they were actors, the indigenous people, the tribes? I thought so. I mean, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, Diodato's good. He's good at staging things, certainly. He's good at making you read things in a certain way. Because they're not actors. They're actually, they are actually indigenous people. Um, uh, I mean, like, you know, there was, you know, people who worked, there was, uh, what's the word? There, uh, there was um, not Democrat, not diplomat, not Democrat, not. Um, there were people, uh, not translators, but there were halfway people, people who spoke uh, on behalf of the film crew and on behalf of the tribe, uh, the tribes as well, to convince them, if you will, to be a part of this movie. There was people who set it up on behalf of Diodato. Uh, um, but they are actually indigenous people of the rainforest, the uh, Yanakumo, the Yanomomo, and the Shematari. Um, they were intimidated um, from the get-go from, uh, from a film crew, from white people as a white film crew coming in to make movies, the whole, you know, for want of a better word, magic, the whole production, the whole technology, the... Uh, of uh, a movie being made in their natural environment, yeah? Um, I don't know how divorced they are from the actual Western world, how much interaction they had beforehand. It's never really gone into, but it wasn't commonplace every day. Um, now, we were just discussing The Last Road to Hell, the Mondo-style documentary. Um, uh, Diodato's... Uh, oh, liking and tribute 
of this style of filmmaking is demonstrated again uh, uh, with the documentary film crew, keeping in mind there's Sinise Munro back in New York is watching now. We're into the second part of the film, the found footage part of the film. He's watching what actually happened to the film crew as they've gone in. They're, they're all holding their 16 millimeter cameras. They're all filming each other. It's covered really well. I've watched it again this morning. There's actually no shot, no scene that is not covered by a camera there. Joey, I'm sure you've seen the, the plethora of found footage films where you've gone, how the hell are they filming that? There's no one with an actual camera there. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's holes all over the shot. Yeah. yeah. This there isn't. This there isn't. Diodato does know what he's doing. But back to the Mondo uh, setups. Remember when they're, um, I'm sure, how do you forget? Uh, how could you forget? Where the, the film crew, uh, Adam and his and his cronies, force the indigenous tribe into the burning hut. That scene, like uh, when I first seen the movie, I wasn't expecting that shit. I mean, it's shocking on uh, just uh, gut level, a visceral level, definitely. Uh, and well, I mean, uh, like right off the bat, they're just fucking killing people and filming it, you know, just for ratings. And yeah, yeah, they're um, Sinise for context, uh, listeners, viewers. Uh, you see the film crew forcing. Uh, the indigenous people, uh, the Yanakumo, the first tribe that they come across as Munro, the anthropologist at the start of the film. This is the first tribe, fierce people, but not cannibals, as according to Cannibal Holocaust. Um, they are forced into a burning hut to film, to set up a Mondo documentary style scene for ratings, for sensationalism, for better footage, better viewing, yeah? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I um, but guess what? There, uh, Mr. Third Scar, uh, Diodato, during the actual filming of Cannibal Holocaust on set, forced them into that hut and wouldn't let them leave until it come it became dangerously close to them burning alive. <gasps> yeah, <laughs> that's uh. There's a lot of shit about this movie behind the scenes I did not know. Yeah, it's yeah. That's what I say, Maverick or Monster. Uh, just hearing this, speaking this, I'm leaning towards Monster absolutely. Um, yeah, this this movie, this director, the problematic, definitely effective. But to get there, the you know the means of getting there, the process of getting there is fucked. It's fucked. Absolutely. On second viewing after, you know, because I watched it initially to get that fresh impact, that raw effect, then did the research, watched a second time, knowing about this burning scene and the, the burning in the hut scene, um, what it actually entailed. And then you see in the eyes, the terror, the actual fear of these indigenous people. It's like, oh my fucking God, dude. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot to deal with. Um, yeah, so, but they left, but just to, you know, um, 
for clarity and even legality's sake as well. They were let out. No one died in the making of this film. It is only animals who were killed cruelly and unmercilessly in this film. That's fucked. Fuck you, Diodato, for that. Absolutely. And fuck you, fair you treated. Enough. And fuck you, fair you treated these people as well. Um, but no one died in this film. I will state that. I will state that. No one died in the making of this film. Okay. Okay. Uh, da, 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 da. So that's the burning hut scene. What about that fucking sex scene right after that burning hut scene? That was weird. Okay. Okay, okay. Oh, this, okay, we can go to that. We can go to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep, okay. The film crews, um, they've set this, they haven't gone in to find the cannibal tribes yet. They're still with the Yanakumo. Um, and uh, they have a sex scene, yeah, between Faye and Adam, the director and the script girl, who basically are the two heads, you know, of the, uh, the film crew. They're the bosses, if you will, Adam being number one. Uh, um, Faye being his woman, how she, she is basically treated and shown to be, you know, is just his woman in this film. Um, and this scene is certainly demonstrative of that. Um, yeah. Um, what did you think of the sex scene? Why did you find it weird? I just don't know what kind of person or what kind of people would force a bunch of uh, you know, indigenous people into a hut, try to burn them alive and then have sex right after that. I mean, that'd be the last thing on my fucking mind. Because uh, this is Faye and Adam having sex while the tribes people watch in the distance. Yeah. 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 And it's the all of them, children, everyone. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah right. Fucking village. You're like, yo, you just burn a bunch of people alive and now you're going to watch us fuck. Hey, hey, um, okay, a little bit of context for the sex scene as well to show how much of a wonderful human being Diodato is. Um, first of all, Adam, the guy was, you know, he was uncomfortable with it. Um, he had a partner at the time. He didn't want to do, he didn't want to uh, pull his pants down. He didn't want to do sex scenes, basically. It's not what he had signed up for because he didn't know what he was signing up for in this movie uh, whatsoever. Um because he was brought in late and he was and um, he had the right size pair of shoes to replace the original actor and he was flown off to the Amazon with no script, no context and bone cannibal holocaust. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a message from the devil he played around
for the uh, played by Francesca. Francesca Chiari. Francesca Fran did not um, want her breasts exposed on camera during the scene and generally not to wanting to be naked at all, even though she's completely naked and being filmed <laughs> by the two other guys earlier on. Yeah. Um, now, uh, so basically, Adam uh, York, the actor, uh, is forced into it. Yeah. Um, but the real shocking scene is how Faye is uh, clear is forced into it. Yeah. She didn't want her breast to be exposed. She didn't want to do the scene. Um, and she said, um, Adam had uh, directions from Diodato to turn her towards the camera so her breast would be exposed. Um, there was five takes of the scene. On the second, um, he was trying to turn her around to the camera. And she was going, no, no, I don't want that. I don't want them to see my breasts. Uh, but that's what Diodato wants us to do. You know, Adam's going, come on, come on. He's a crazy person. I don't want to die here in this potential snuff <laughs> film. I don't know if this is a snuff film yet or not. That was a genuine fear of his. Uh, now, after the second take, Diodato yells cut and we have the canopy of the rainforest as well. So his voice booms out as he drags Claire offset up into the trees and just starts berating her in Italian. Yeah. Um, and she comes back and she complies completely. Yeah, only the Italian speakers of the crew know what was exactly was said to her. Um, but yeah, so point being, that's why that scene is also like why, also why are you doing it in front of an indigenous indigenous tribe? And that also is why that scene is so uncomfortable and seems really awkward. Did you find that watching it? Oh, 100%, dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because the two actors just didn't want to be there and basically had been verbally and emotionally assaulted uh, before filming it. And it took five takes as well, yeah? Keeping that in mind, five takes um, of, of, of nudity, you know, I mean, not a lot of male nudity. It's mostly female, you know, exposure, surprise, surprise. Um, but it's a fuck scene. It's an absolutely fuck scene. Um, going along that, uh, going along with that, we can also go to the staged gangbang rape of an indigenous tribe uh female who basically looks way too young as well yeah this is a very hard scene to watch I... very hard scene to watch you know this scene and the turtle are the two we're just like oh my fucking god um the act um the actors uh york because i watched a um uh, York, 40 years later, the guy plays Adam. He, he is, it was an interview with him talking about the experience as a cast member uh, on this film, Cannibal Holocaust. Um, that rape scene of the Indigenous girl, that was where he basically, that was his breaking point where he didn't want to be there anymore. Um, the bit where Faye tries to get him off, the girlfriend, yeah. Um, he ends up just throwing her way too hard by 15 feet in the air, you know, to hyperbole is the story he was telling. But, um, and he had just had enough by that stage. The cast was um, treated like crap throughout this um, whole filming process as well. They were driven to breaking point. Um, What's his name? The guy who plays Jack Anders, the blonde. 
Perry uh, Perkinen. He cried, wept, sobbed after the killing of the turtle. Um, if, um, if you ever see it again, watch out for his eyes. He's, you know, he is welling up. He is not dealing with it. Well, I mean, who would? But he is, you know, Fuck almost man. at breaking point filming that. Um, Faye, I just described what a nightmare it was for Faye as being the only female cast member. Yeah, well, apart from, you know, the Indigenous tribes people, but I've talked about how they were treated en masse. Um, the representation of the tribes people is fucked as well because those two tribes, uh, the Yana Momo and the Shematari, they are not enemies with each other. They, that is their real names. They are real tribes, uh, but they are not enemies with each other. And only the Shematari practice, I think I've got this right, um, that it's not the Yanomomo, that it's the Shemata, uh, Shematari. Apologies if it's the other way around. But point being, uh, cannibalism is only practiced in a post-mortem ritualistic sense as they have passed on without being killed brutally. They're not, the guts aren't just ripped out and shared around, you know. It's the representation is racist garbage, basically. Um, yeah. Um, but we'll get to the, yeah, we'll now let that all down. We talk about how this movie demonstrates sin. <laughs> I mean, we're covering it as we go because this movie is nothing but sin on, in the worst way, not in a fun way, <laughs> in the worst way. Um, now, keeping in mind their Sinise as well, this is all what Munro back in New York is watching the footage. This is the found footage, yeah, of these scenes of what the white documentary film crew, how they've gone into this indigenous uh, environment, uh, culture, people, how it's been treated um, as well. So the point Diodato is also, also trying to make purportedly is this is how uh this is imperialism of uh of uh, this is western imperialism this is um west uh white culture treating indigenous culture like objects to be used to be filmed uh to, uh, to be put on televisions for sensationalistic real reasons to make money if you will but i think i've pointed out here joey if you'd agree with Diodato's treatment of the cast of the indigenous people, how he would use Mondo um, techniques of staging horrible um, events and happenings at the almost at the death of, say, the indigenous tribe in the hut, um, using real footage of actual executions as well. Um, the uh, the killing of the turtle as well. He's building up a blurring of lines between of the line between reality and documentary to the point you, you yourself as a viewer, you know you're watching a uh, film from 1980, but a part of your mind is also it's a it's an instinctual primal reaction to are these people actually going to die? Are they actually being killed for real? Are they being raped for real? You know what I mean? Yeah, that was always the fucked up thing about that movie whenever I watched it was like, I knew it was a movie, but I'm also like, this shit looks too real. You know, like, obviously. Yeah. 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 So you see what I mean? Maverick or Monster. He's using film yeah. techniques to create a very powerful effect, but how he gets there, how he achieves this is monstrous. 
yeah absolutely okay go moving forward moving forward okay after he finishes uh viewing the remaining footage monroe expresses his disgust towards the station's decision to air the documentary now this is good this is it because we're almost at the end at the fate the final fate of the documentary film crew monroe's almost we've almost seen all of the found footage as spectators yeah Okay, now to convince the executives otherwise, he shows them the remaining unedited footage. This is the footage that the editors could not even stomach. Um, oh, sorry, that only he has seen. Sorry, it hasn't gone to the editors yet. Apologies. The final two reels begin with the filmmakers lo locating the uh, Yana Mamo girl. We've talked about that. That's the gangbang rape scene. Ah, right after that. This is the famous image. Diodato can certainly create a shocking image. And now, and this is the graphic image that is scarred in everyone's mind. This is how the movie is known. It is the Yanomomo girl. Sorry, uh, is it is, is she of that tribe? Uh, did, did, did give me a moment. Oh, yeah, you know, it's the girl who was just raped in the game bang scene. She is because actually, yes, tribes people are watching as well. So they punish the girl who was raped by sticking her on a pole, which goes upright through her and through her mouth. Yeah, the film crew come around the bend and see her. Yeah. What do you think of this image? The most fucking brutal things I've ever seen. It is. Like the first time I ever seen it, holy shit! Like it, that to me was like um, the part of your brain that's like, is this real? It's shit like that that made me think that it was real, even though I knew it wasn't. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, so imagine this in 1980 as well, seeing this as well. Yeah. Absolutely, it's more believable back then. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, absolutely um it's a striking image even today with today's special effects how it does make you go how the fuck did they achieve this um back then i can see why people would have thought oh my god they just impaled a woman on a spike for real vlad the impaler style it has that kind of efficacy and gruesomeness about it um how it was actually achieved and Diodato came up with all of the effects on how to do them on location as well. Uh, she sat on a bicycle seat. There was an iron bar behind her and then she, in her mouth, soft basalt, basalt, sorry, wood. He says soft, but I don't believe anything this guy says. Uh, in her mouth, yeah, sticking out of her mouth. She sat there for about half an hour all up to achieve, uh, to capture this footage, to get the scene in the can. Um, I don't know, half an hour, wood stuck in mouth. I think this is, this is just more cruelty, definitely. Um, but again, then, um, but in terms of what the film is showing, Adam, he comes around, you know, after just raping this girl, he's looking at this graphic image of her on the spike and he's grinning evily, basically. Yeah, going, oh, this is awesome. This is brutal. 
and then one of the cameramen go, hey, uh, Adam, careful, careful, you're filming. And then he puts on a serious, oh, yes, yes, this is horrible, a documentary <laughs> filmmaker's face. Oh, this must be, uh, this is a tribute, a symbol to how much respect these tribes people have to virginity. Yeah, after he's just raped this girl. Yeah, showing documentary filmmakers are fucked, definitely. But then Diodato has just had a indigenous non-actor already scared of filmmakers and movie making be have simulated gangbang rape sex, then sit on this pole for half an hour with wood a wooden pole shoved into her mouth. Do you see the the line the the two sides? of this production, yeah, it's intent and in how it was achieved. This is another demonstration of it. Yeah. He's leaning more towards the monster side. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what we're kind of <laughs> coming to the conclusion here in this episode. All right, um, okay, we can get to the end here. Okay. Now, uh, uh, let me hold on. Let me just. Is this? I think this is just pure revenge that the tribes people enact at the end. Um, shortly afterwards, they are taken by the uh, Yena, the Yeno Mamo tribe as revenge for the girl's rape and death. Yes, the girl, as uh, as is seen in the context of the film, because uh, according to tribal law, for that sort of thing to happen to her, uh, I don't know um, because. Um, it was uh, for whatever reasons, based on their own law, she was impaled on the spike, she had to die. But the film crew also had to die for revenge for what they did to one of their own. And oh my God, the revenge they enact. Yeah, this is basically where the film crew is ripped to shreds. <laughs> literally, man. <laughs> Fucking literally. Um, um, uh, by the tribes people by the Yanomomo. Yeah. Yep. Just checking that. Yep. Yep. Um, and they are eaten and they are done. Yeah. Um, they're still, but they're still the film crew, even though they're at their last, in their last moments, they know the end is coming. They still manage to act like complete assholes. Jack, the blonde. Yeah. He gets a spike through him. Adam tells Mark, keep film actually shoots Jack. Before that, before he's even dead, you know, he could be saved at this point, which Faye is screaming at him. He's still alive. We can save him. Nah, nah, footage. We can win an Oscar for this. Shoots him. Uh, those were Jack's word, but it was, you know, it was an intense shared amongst all the males there. Uh, Faye was not innocent in this as well as the character Faye. She wasn't innocent either. She stayed with, she encouraged certain parts of, you know, the Mondo staging and whatnot. She played her part. She could have walked out at any time. So the female character is not guilt innocent either. Uh, but anyway, um, Adam shoots Jack uh, whilst, um, and this says to Mark, keep filming. And he goes, yeah, man, down to the last foot as Jack is ripped apart, um, starting with a cutoff of the wang, which was... <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to mention that shit. Oh, as that a was male nasty. Viewer, I don't want to think about that. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, and again, the effects are really good. <laughs> even They're too good. Too even in twenty twenty one, they are really, really good. Yeah, yeah. this is Italian horror filmmakers. They know how to do effects. Yeah, their stuff lasts and still scars to this day. Um, and then, yeah, basically, he's torn apart, um, guts ripped out. Uh, they start feasting, heads held up. Yes, it, um, we we uh, you know um, impale us, we'll impale you, sort of thing. Then Faye is taken yeah um what happened to the tribes girl happens to her for revenge she again ripped apart head held up um uh well yeah adam and faye try to run off um uh faye is captured uh i think adam tries to go and capture her but then mark uh the film guy says no no we've got to you know we've got to save ourselves da, da, da. you know point being they're still assholes to the end um, and then the last shot pretty much of the found footage part of this film is Adam's head hits the ground, shakes a little, blood's on, a, blood's on his face, and he closes his eyes. Film reel, uh, the scratching, yeah, end of the film reel, cut back to reality, back to current day New York. Uh, the feature film, not found footage, but feature film part of this film. Yeah, and um, they're in uh, the viewing room. Uh, Munro um, looks around to the executives that he's shown <laughs> within the viewing room. Yeah, you really want to film this? You really want to know what these people did? He has set them down to watch this these last two film reels. Yeah, and that's and that's the rape and the ripping part of their bodies, um, as well you know um, as well as the girl on the pole. That's all part of it. Um, and um, the female executive, she walks out, she just looks at Jack Monroe going, yeah, I fucked up there, I'm sorry, I'm wrong. The first guy just walks out straight away without saying anything. <laughs> says nothing, just <laughs> fucking void of everything, walks out of the room like... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. Um, and then another guy picks up the phone, the landline through to the projectionist in the back of the booth up above. I want all of this footage burned. Yep. All of it, yeah. Um, then our hero, Munro, Debbie does Dallas Kerman, the porn star. <laughs> he walks off <laughs> onto the city streets um, with a thought in his mind, voiceover, I wonder who the real cannibals are. Um, there's lots of other tidbits, you know, of little interesting credits and uh, 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 titles and whatnot at the beginning of the end. I'll save all those if, if you do actually watch the film. Um, but yeah, and you know, it's again trying to, you know, like, yes, you could read that ending as, yes, Munro, the anthropologist, has saved the day. There's respect being shown for the indigenous tribes people. But there's also, hey, show the actual world what these fuckers did. So other film crews like them don't go in and do the same thing, the same cool. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, and then Serene travel brochure, cruise boat style music plays us out with the credits at the end. <laughs> Was that the same song they played at the beginning when it had the footage of the, um, they're in the helicopter? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, pretty, See, sure is, is, pretty sure it is, but yeah. That itself was very, uh, it was off-putting, you know? <laughs> I don't know how to put it, but 
just the uh, the scenery and the music itself together. Yeah, seems inappropriate almost the way that you'll watch an anime uh, messed up anime film, um, and then it finishes off with a big gory sexually sexually inappropriate kill fest at the end, and then it'll have um, some sort of Japanese pop song or Korean K-pop song at the end to see out the, with the credits. Yeah, to see us out. Is that what? <laughs> Yeah. But that's um, that's the juxtaposition, though. That's the, like like the music with the burning hut scene, yeah? How that, uh, like you could imagine on a cruise boat, a travel brochure music, yeah? Um, that is to really jar you, to uh, really pay attention to what you are watching. You can't be lulled into either the act of watching a film with a watched messed up films, you know, dark scenes dark music that sort of thing this really makes you pay attention to what you're watching it takes you outside of the film to view it objectively that's the theory of it here um but as as i've discussed throughout the film this guy uh uses this juxtaposition he uses these mondo film techniques to make a point about western culture how it's how they treat indigenous tribes but also celebrating and using Mondo documentary techniques to put his actors through help, put his, the indigenous tribes people who were not paid for this film, just throw that out there, um, um, in a burning hut, you know what I mean? These Mondo, he's using Mondo techniques to create the film, to make a, tech, make a comment about Mondo filmmaking and documentary filmmaking by white people, but still using the same monstrous, monstrous techniques himself, <laughs> i.e. being hypocritical, uh, being a hypocrite um, himself, and the film is hypocritical for its own art's sake. Does that make sense? hundred percent. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's what this, that's the big problem. Everything involved with it, you know, definitely. But that overall, that's the problem with this film. That's why this film, um, yes, yeah, problematic to say the least. Yeah, Cannibal Holocaust. Uh, Rugado Diodato, 1980. Yeah. Anything you wanted to touch on that you think we've missed in that? Do you think we've covered it all that's needed to be covered? I mean, we covered pretty much everything that's, you know, the most controversial shit, but like the things that always stick out the most to me was always those animal scenes, like not, not just the turtle one, but just every one in general, like even the monkey one, when they fucking cut its face right off, like that shit was, holy yeah. fuck. Yeah, yeah, the skull off to get out the monkey brains, yeah, um... The tribes people were happy as it is a delicacy and they were happy on set. You know, they were excited about shooting that scene, but, um, uh, and, um, what's his name? Carl Gabriel York, who played Adam Yates. He was not happy about it, uh, though. Um, uh, particularly because it was done twice. Two monkeys were killed. Ooh, yeah. They I shot him twice. Yeah. So there's actually seven animal deaths on scene two of them being the squirrel monkeys you know the one that got them in the most trouble what's that it wasn't the turtle the one that got a lot of the banning this film was banned all over the shop um yeah just a little bit of the aftermath here there sinise this film this movie 10 days it was released 
And then basically the sensors went, nope, um, this isn't being shown. Um, and a lot of it was to do with the animal cruelty, absolutely. That's how they could really take this film out of Diodato's and the distributor's hands. Surprise, surprise, um, don't blame them. Um, it was the, uh, I don't know the name for Kiotadi, what they thought, C-I-O-T-A-D-I. Um, it's, it's a marsupial, the muskrat. They called it a muskrat yeah. mistakenly. Yeah, it's not a muskrat, it's something else, but they called it the muskrat. That's the first animal death, I believe, um, which Miguel kills with a knife through the throat, yeah? That's the that's the animal uh, killing that got them in the most trouble. Really strange, eh? Now you think that's because of the squealing sound that it made, whereas like a turtle is just there's no audible sound that it makes. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, that's a that is a that is I could see that as a justification. Well, or. Uh, uh, a reason why humans would react to it so much because of the sound, like the pig squealing was not good either. No. York, York left, uh, York was meant to kill that pig, but Tommaso, uh, sorry, um, who was, who was a famous Italian actor. Now um, he was, he grew up on the farm. He grew up on farms. He had no problems killing the pig. He jumped in straight away, but York, he, um, he actually on the boat, uh, which they went from um, headquarters from base camp to set each day. Uh, he uh, he had formed, had a bond with the pig. He actually took the pig in the boat, and he wasn't going to kill it. Um, that was the first sign that he was in for the nightmare that was filming *Cannibal Holocaust*. When he was off set um, in the jungle, just basically turning away from the pig being shot, and he heard the squealing. Uh, as I said before, he had no idea what was happening in this film. He didn't have a script. He got the part because he had the right shoe size to replace the other actor with the same shoe size. Um, that's when he knew, got, a, got the, uh, an inkling of what he was in for, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, man, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that shit because, like, Obviously, the guy's forming a bond with this animal, and then no, we gotta shoot it. Okay. Yeah, I think um, the Sinise, our viewers, listeners, they get an idea of what this film's about. Yeah, um, they get an idea of how it's both affected us, you know, and we like some sick shit. <laughs> we like some dark material. Absolutely. This one, this one's a lot. This one's a lot. So. Let's jump in to how Cannibal Holocaust demonstrates the seven deadly sins. Okay, we will start with number one being with vain glory or pride. Uh, what do you reckon? Well, I mean, first off, just the camera crew themselves, the limits that they go to just to get these fake fucking, you know, documentaries going pretty much snuff films mm -hmm. just for ratings and fame yeah i agree i agree with that and i will back that up as well with uh the pride slash ego of diodato himself to go into this natural environment uh uh, and disrupt um, and virtually and at times destroy 
the way of life uh, for these uh, indigenous people, yeah, and having the ego to think that he can get away with that, to make a movie about cannibals, yeah, because pretty much people, the critics and theories who talk about, you know, the mixed messages, which I've touched on in this episode today, tonight, uh, about cannibal holocaust, about Diodato's intent behind it. Um, the guy who played Mark and Diodato himself, it has been said, just wanted to make a movie about cannibals, that it's just a show, that there's no, there's no intended meaning or moral message behind this at all, yeah? Which makes it all the much worse. If that's true, yeah. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna throw that to yeah. The, the you're right there, um, Joey. The film crew within the film, and Diodato, and his film crew themselves. Yeah. Okay. Um, what about greed or covetousness? I mean, obviously the fucking. Uh the CEOs of the company that just want to push this movie and they don't really give a shit about how it's done or, you know, whether it's staged or not, you know, they just want to get those ratings. Yeah. That's the highest, the strongest example of greed as well. Cause that leads to money. Yeah. That's their, that's their intent. That's their motive is to make money off the misery of others, basically. All right, um, we've talked about this with the um, the sex scene between Adam and Faye and the raping of the indigenous girl. Uh, and that is, of course, lust or inordinate or illicit sexual desire. Uh, do we need to go into further detail? I don't think so. I think we covered that enough. I'm pretty sure we covered every sex scene. Yes, yeah, yeah. Oh, we haven't. Um, there was the very first one, which was the ritual uh, punishment. Oh, the, the punishment, yes. Start. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. We'll leave that to the viewers who want to go and see this, yeah? Yeah, yeah they can go ahead and that's just something you're going to have to watch yourself. Yeah, because yeah, that starts things off pretty much. That's the first horrific scene of this movie, yeah. That was... Yeah. I didn't know what to think of that shit either, man. This whole fucking movie. <laughs> All right, number four, envy. Um, I don't know. I don't think the film crew's envy, envious of the indigenous way of life, and I certainly don't think the indigenous people are envious of the film crew's way of life. What do you reckon? I top of my head, I can't think of anything that involves envy in this movie. I think that might be the one sin that's not in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we should do for this and going forward. This sinise will see <laughs> the sin scale, how many sins it actually touches <laughs> on, it achieves. Yes. Okay. That's a nice gimmick. Okay. Um, envy. It doesn't go there. All right, gluttony, which is usually understood to include drunkenness. Gluttony. Hmm. I'll throw, I'll start. Um, even though the representation of it's fucked, the way the cannibalism is shown 
it's gluttonous. <laughs> That's one way of pulling it. What do you reckon? Do you agree, disagree? Um, the way it's depicted, yes. Like it, it, it kind of looks like they're, um, yes, I, I agree with that statement. Yeah. Only, only the way it's depicted. Yes, only the way it's depicted. Yes. Because uh, these are, this is just as a spectator as we see the sins as a spectator. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Wrath, wrath, or anger? The revenge of the tribes people on the film crew at the end. I was actually looking forward to that, that little yeah. revenge at the end. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I wasn't mad at it. Yeah. I was like, Diodato, God has made us uh, by the end of it go, yeah, get the evil white people while sitting there as the <laughs> evilest white, <laughs> the evilest cracker at the end of the day of them all. But yeah, he achieved it. He achieved it. It was effective as fuck. Cannot be argued. And finally, sloth. Hmm. I don't think so. What do you reckon? I don't think I, I, I don't think that one's in here either. So five out of seven on the sin scale for cannibal holocaust. That's not bad. Not <laughs> that's that, that's that's a hefty score. <laughs> Definitely. Okay. Um Okay, we're reaching the end here. We're reaching the end. So, um, what do you what do you think? Uh, Cannibal Holocaust, Rogero Diodato, nineteen eighty. Final thoughts there, Joey Violin, the third scar. Give us your final thoughts, followed by your rating at a seven out of seven skulls, please. Okay, I think I'm going to give the rating first, and then some. Okay, thoughts. that's fine. That's fine. Okay, okay so actually, yeah, do that. Do that. I like that. Just so I can give you the reason for the rating. Yeah, I like that. Thank you. So I'm going to go with four skulls out of seven. Like it's a fucked up movie, and it's really only fucked up if you haven't seen it, and you haven't seen any spoilers or anything, or. It's definitely one of those things where it'll trick your fucking brain into thinking, is this real or is this a film? Especially when you know nothing about it. But it's definitely not one of those films I'm going to recommend to people because it's like, that's just one of those movies like, yo, you wanted me to watch this shit? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it had a big impact um, as far as being a teenager and expanding into other horror movies rather than just regular blockbuster movies coming out whatever the fuck so mm -hmm. it definitely desensitized me from a lot of other horror movies but yeah. that being said the animal killings and um the the rape scenes and shit is gonna bring my ratings down because that really does off put me 
Mm-hmm. Especially when you know that the animal killings were real and two, that they were how the Indigenous people were treated and what they went through to purely for the sake of being effective, creating for effective filmmaking. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. another, uh, after you, after you mentioned that, that just, that brought the rating down some more. Mm-hmm. So yeah, definitely four out of seven. And no, I would not recommend it to anybody who, doesn't have a stomach to watch this shit like if you're not like you or me i wouldn't even bother you know absolutely absolutely um yeah i thought there was one um i forget there was one critic who made a quote paraphrasing it again forget the name sorry but he said it's effective enough to uh spark up a discussion you know to an analytical critical discussion but it also makes you feel like a pervert for even bothering yeah Yeah. in a nutshell in a nutshell okay yeah final thoughts yeah um i mean this is called cinema the podcast it's looking at dark films uh, even unacceptable films at times not necessarily just in horror though either there'll be art house movies there'll be action movies um, there'll be dramas there'll be movies that are seen as socially ac- acceptable um, but showing the sins that are demonstrated throughout cinema with an s this is certainly a great way to start as, as i said at the start i'm not sure if i did maybe that was on the first recording it's in the unholy trinity uh, for me being salo serbian and now cannibal holocaust um, I'm glad I did watch it uh, for education uh, sake and completionist sake as well. It's not, a, I've seen it twice. I never want to see it again. Straight <laughs> <Fuck> up. <laughs> I never want to see it to. again. Certainly when I learned about it as well. I think Rigaro uh, Diodato is Maverick slash monster. Uh, leaning more towards monster great uh, the way he creates an he's a very good filmmaker in the way he uh, makes an effective film because I watched uh, also the cannibal trilogy this is part of a loose trilogy there's last cannibal world before this and there is cut and run after Um, this is definitely the most fucked up though trust me Um, I also watched, uh, what was it called? What was it called? What was it called? His, uh, the, the house at the edge of the park, um, which he filmed just before this cannibal Holocaust and came out just after it's his loose tribute slash remake of Wes Craven's, um, the last house on the left. Um, that's also a heavy duty fucked up film. You know, I don't recommend anyone who's not into exploitation films or just heavy duty iceberg of disturbing movie watches. Yeah. Um, give it a go. Absolutely. If you can deal with this sort of thing, um, that, um, is worth watching because he is very good at showing that everyone is a piece of shit. <laughs> I will give him that. And that movie, The House at the Edge of the Park, uh, Edge of the Park does do that very well. Um, just other further things that I watched as well. I watched Green Inferno, which is Eli Roth's uh, love songs tribute to uh, Diodato's Holocaust. Um, Green Inferno is the is the name of the documentary that the film 
crew are making in the Amazon. That's the found footage documentary name itself, hence Green Inferno, which was going to be the original title for Cannibal Holocaust as well. Um, so that's the loose trilogy that's of the Cannibal Cycle, I believe it's called by Diodato there. There is a fourth part that has come out, but it's in the form of a video game. Um, it's uh, Borneo, something in the jungle. Um, I'll get better at taking notes and writing up the synopsis more concisely as bullet points as the episode progresses. We're just biting out, you know, getting uh, biting our teeth, teething pains here, you know, just biting into the flesh to begin with <laughs> to make them, you know, grow harder. Um, uh, but it's on the Facebook page for Cinema the Podcast. There is also Cinema the Podcast Instagram. So please follow and subscribe. Tell your friends, socially cinists as well. If you know anyone, get them to, you know, take a look at what I'm doing there. Be sure to follow up Joey Violin, the third scar as well for all the music that uh, he creates. It's part of, you know, the cinema aesthetic, absolutely, as well as the artwork. Again, thank you for everything, good sir. Oh, no um, problem, man. So I would recommend this uh, film to film viewers of a certain ilk. I think I've, you know, expressed what those type of filmmakers are, being what type of film this is. It's an important artifact, though, in terms of cinema, certainly. So I'm glad we started with it. Rating-wise, I agree with you. It is four out of seven skulls. Uh, and if for its effectivity, um, for the way that when you first watch it as well, whether you know all you know, you know about its history, whether you listen to this and go back and watch it, go and watch it after listening to this episode, um, you've heard the theory, you've heard some of the history. It will still affect you in a primordial level. Yeah, you won't have a fun time. It's still going to be a heavy film and just make you sit <laughs> for about half an hour to an hour going, what did I just watch as I did? Definitely. We'll go and have a shower afterwards, whatever you need to do. Um, but it is not rated any higher, though. If there, if there had been ethical yeah, uh, treatment of Indigenous people, if animals were not killed, um, that this film was done in the right way, the correct way to make the point that Diodato was trying to make. I would score it near a damn six out of seven, if not seven. But because it is what it is, it was what it was. It is a four out of seven skulls. Yeah, and that's that, Cannibal Holocaust. Um, any final words before I sign off there, Joey? <clears throat> Violet, the third scar, thank you again. Final words. Thanks for having me on. Cheers, man. Thank you for coming. And yes, the doors of Cinema Salon are now shut, and that is a wrap on Cannibal Holocaust. Fade to black. Yeah.
Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.